the dad and the son are doing it together. You know, the disciples, I'm sure, were feeling very overwhelmed watching their Lord and their Savior ascend back into the heavens. And they're asking themselves, now what? Go ahead, kids. You can go to Sunday. Children's church. <laughs> and the disciples are asking themselves, now what? And Jesus told his disciples to go to Jerusalem and wait. Wait for the Holy Spirit. Wait for the Helper. My very presence to enter your life. And he will give you power and he will give you the ability to fulfill what I've called on you to do. And the Holy Spirit came and the Holy Spirit filled the disciples and anointed their hearts and their minds, illuminated their minds to to see and understand all that Jesus is from the Old Testament. And they were able to record through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit uh, words of the New Testament to remind us and to teach us all that Jesus is. And uh, they weren't left alone. And neither are we. And uh, we've been going through this series of what is the next step? What does God want us to do? And a few weeks ago, we looked at Hebrews chapter 5. And the fact that we are to train ourselves to uh, in righteousness, to discipline ourselves, to distinguish, to discern between good and evil. And, uh, you know, God doesn't want us to be spiritually immature. He doesn't want us to remain as babes in Christ. I have a picture of my my little granddaughter, Macy, there. Isn't she cute? Now, she's got a lot of competition in, this, in the church these days, but uh, she's adorable. And at that stage, you know, she's supposed to be adorable. And as Christians, you know, there comes a point in our life where, we, we experience this new birth, but God wants us to grow in Christ-like maturity. And sometimes we just kind of stay the same. And this next picture, <laughs> that's not adorable, okay? God doesn't want us to stay at that stage. Now, I'm looking around for John Gillen this morning. I don't see him. Uh, He's at home? Well, that's what he gets for not being here in church this morning. <laughs> we can go on beyond that picture. I, I wanted to put a picture up of me. That would have really been a scary, scary thought. But uh, God wants us to grow in Christ-like maturity. And last week we looked at John chapter 15. And uh, Jesus telling his disciples as they're going to the Garden of Gethsemane, comes by a, uh, an orchard or whatever of grapevines. And he shows them the branch and the vine. He sh- I'm, I'm sure that the, vi- the fruit is on the vine. It's the spring. And Jesus is conveying to his disciples, apart from me, 
you can do absolutely nothing. But if you remain, if you abide in me, you're not just going to bear fruit. You're going to bear much fruit. But he wants us to remain. And so we looked at training ourselves to remain. Now this morning we're going to uh, kind of apply uh, how to remain. Because uh, Jesus says, if my word abides in you, uh, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And that, not, that doesn't mean that you can pray for a car or a, a, a mansion and God's going to give you these things. No, the context of this John chapter 15 is fruit. And God wants to produce much fruit in your life. And if you ask for, if, if, you, if you find yourself in a situation where it requires patience, or it requires love, or kindness, or mercy, Jesus says, if my word is abiding in you and you ask for those things, it's going to be done. I'm going to provide for you. But in order for that fruit to bear itself, we must be abiding in him constantly. Not just when we need it, but constantly. And so this morning, this is going to be a very practical lesson. Um, we're gonna, I want to show you how you can go to God's word and you can allow the spirit of God to speak to your heart all the time. And, uh, and, but before we get to that, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, overcoming spiritual ADD. Uh, I don't know about you, but, um, when I take the time to get alone with God, there's a lot of different things that come into my mind. And I find myself, you know, distracted in my mind. And, uh, uh, and so when we talk about this discipline this morning, I, I need to encourage you that you need to bring a notebook and a pen for recording thoughts that God's going to share with you, show you in his word. But then you need to put together another little notepad, kind of like a to-do list, okay? Because when you come to get alone with God, I guarantee you, uh, you're going to be thinking about a whole lot of different things that are going to take place in that day. And uh, <clears throat> kind of reminds me of uh, uh, this atheist who didn't believe in God. And he lived next to this uh, charismatic, fanatical Christian. This lady, every morning, she would go outside her house and she would, she would just pray out loud to the neighborhood, Lord, I don't have any food today. But I'm depending on you for my daily bread. And she would do that every single day. And this atheist neighbor, he was just, he had had it up to here. And so he thought to himself, you know, I'm going to prove to this lady once for all that there is no God and God doesn't hear her prayers. And so he went out and he bought her a bag of groceries. 
And she, he put it on her doorstep the next morning. And that next morning, there she goes again. She goes outside, and she's about to pray this prayer out loud, and she sees outside the door this bag of groceries. And she says, Lord, thank you for providing for my need. And this atheist neighbor jumped out of the bushes and said, Listen, lady, there's no God. I'm the one that went to the grocery store and bought you those groceries. And that lady said, thank you, Lord, for providing for my needs and making the devil pay for it. I want to encourage you that uh, take advantage of what Satan's going to try to do in your life as he tries to distract you in your daily quiet time. Okay, you need to have that to do list by your side, because as you discipline yourself, I guarantee you, your mind is going to be filled with a whole lot of other things that you need to do that day. And when those things come to your mind, just write out your to do list and go back to the study of your word. And by the time you're done with your quiet time that morning or whenever, you're going to have your to do list for the day. And you're going to be a whole lot more effective as you go about your day. All right? Now, I know as I'm talking about this, <clears throat> I'm really mindful of some, some people that, you know, I don't know your schedule. And you're th- saying to yourself, Pastor, you don't know my day. I would just... You know, Pastor, I would love for you to experience one of my days. And, you know, thinking of this message, you're thinking, you know, I'm stressing you out. I'm trying to fix your life. And I came across this video this week. And, and you're probably feeling like this person. And uh, I'm going to, there, there's this hamster that's on this, uh, on this wheel. And that's you, okay? And you're managing your life and, and here, I'm going to be talking about this, and you want me to enter your world, and if I attempt to enter your world, you're thinking to yourself, and you're absolutely right, that this is going to happen in my life as well, okay? So the first hamster is you, the second hamster is me. Let's watch the video. Yep. So I throw us all both off, and then... And then we're working together there a little bit, and then it gets really out of hand. And that's me. (laughs) You're keeping pace, but I can't. (laughs) And so I just messed you up, too. So I understand, moms. Uh, (laughs) Okay, go ahead. We can cut the video now. I don't know your schedule. I don't, I don't know your, your life. But um, that probably speaks a lot of truth. And I want to be sensitive uh, to you this morning. But I also want to be sensitive to Jesus' words. Jesus wants to produce much fruit in all of our lives. And that fruit comes by training ourselves to remain. To train ourselves in righteousness. Jesus wants his word 
to abide in our life. And so I have a very simple outline for you this morning that you can use that uh, if you apply this uh, to your personal life as you open God's word, I guarantee you, friend, God's going to speak to your life, okay? And it's an acronym. I've shared this before. It's been a while, but I want to do it again. And then we're going to go to John chapter 1, and I just want to point out um, in the first 15 verses uh, how some of these words um, apply to John chapter 15. But the acronym is uh, SPACE PETS, okay? SPACE PETS. And again, I'm going to go through and uh, talk about what each of these letters mean. But if you will just conscientiously write out space pets and use this outline, God's going to encourage your heart. So we'll look at John 1 in a moment, but uh, let me just uh, help you fill in the blanks. Number one, as you approach God's word, uh, there may be a passage that speaks to sin. Sin to confess. As you read through the word, maybe God is speaking to your heart through the Holy Spirit. God's convicting you of a sin in your life that you need to confess. That's an opportunity for you to record that in your notebook. P. P stands for promise. Is there a promise to claim? Um, There's over 6,000 promises in God's word. And, uh, folks, we need to know those promises, and we need to embrace and hold on to those promises. And maybe you're reading a passage of Scripture where God promises to do something in your life. You need to write it down, and you need to meditate on that and hold on to that. Because Jesus doesn't go back on his word. A stands for attitude. Is there an attitude you need to adjust. And again, as you're reading his word, you're not going to be able to adjust that attitude on your own. It's only going to come through the power of the Holy Spirit. But God can change your heart. But you've got to confess your shortcomings and ask him to give you the power to adjust uh, whatever attitude that needs adjusting. See. Command, is there a command I need to obey? God tells you to do something, and, uh, and, and you need to follow through on that. E, is there an example to follow or not follow? Maybe you're reading about a different a personality uh, in the text. And uh, it could be a good example or it can be a bad example, something to avoid. But is there an example that you need to follow? P, is there a prayer that I need to pray? Uh, Maybe it's for someone in your life who doesn't know the Lord. Uh, Something that uh, is happening in your life and and, uh, you need to just take it before the Lord. Is there a prayer that you need to pray? Write out that prayer. And I encourage you to write out the prayer. 
Because it's an opportunity for you to go back as you're daily spending time with God. It's an opportunity to go back and look at the history. Look at the relationship. And look look how God answered that prayer as your days or months down the road. God is faithful. God's going to answer that prayer. E. Is there an error that I need to avoid? Okay, whether it's pertaining to a doctrine or pertaining to us, again, an example of a person in the scripture that uh, you need to avoid that choice, that lifestyle, something that you need to avoid. And then T, is there a truth I need to remember? Uh, When I've shared this message before, I've just uh, used the acronym SPACE. And uh, so looking at SPACE, so the first uh, five letters, it really has to do with life application. But when we see something in Scripture that's pertaining to doctrine, pertaining to what the Word says or who Jesus is, church, we need to write that down as well. There's a truth that we need to remember. Um, Scripture says that we are to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So doctrine is really important, and we need to grow in this doctrine. We need to understand what the Word of God says. And if you if you come across something in Scripture that sounds a little confusing, well, write out write your question out. Okay, and research that letter or send me an email or send one of the elders an email. Uh, We can help answer that question for you. And then finally, is there something I need to thank God for? Is there something I need to thank God for from the text that we've read this morning, that you've read this morning? And again, if you will practice if you will memorize that acronym and apply it to your reading, I promise you, you're going to get something from God's word every single time you pick it up. Look at the little boy. Remember, he pulled out that instruction <laughs> instruction manual and it just went on and on. And some of you look at this book And it looks like that instruction manual. And you're thinking to yourself, how does this book apply to me? This simple tool will help you, help it apply to your life. So let's look at John chapter 1 this morning. And um, very quickly, I'm going to kind of uh, exemplify for you, help you to to see how some of these. Now, we're not going to hit on every one of these letters this morning, but we're going to look at this passage of Scripture, and you can find seven different applications um, from using space pets. Okay? So let's read John chapter 1, beginning with verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. 
All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. To him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. And from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. All right, well, I want to just take these um, 18 verses and just point out some things that I see that apply to this acronym, all right? And let me encourage you in this also. When you read God's Word, God's Word is going to speak different things to you will have different applications as you continue this journey with him you know and there are the the circumstances of your life changes and as you're going through different circumstances you would have read john chapter one four or five years ago and it would have applied in a certain way back then but it has a total different application uh for what you're going through later on in life that happens all the time and why does that happen because the word is a living document it is sharper than any two-edged sword and it has life application to wherever you are going through at the time and so just want to encourage you with that but looking at verse one Uh, Verses 1 through 3, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning, it goes on, verses 1 through 3. What's John teaching us there? He's teaching us some truth. He's helping us to understand that this person, Jesus Christ, was in the beginning, before the foundations of the earth, uh, Jesus was alive. And Jesus was God. And this is something that we need to remember. We need to understand about the person of Jesus Christ. Verse 3. 
The Bible says, All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. As I was going through that and looking at uh, the acronym, um, I put that under the category, Error to Avoid. You know, we live in a culture today that, that mocks creation. It's doing everything in its power to suppress the truth. And yet the word of God says that Jesus is the creator of the heavens and the earth. And so we can't afford to succumb to what the world is trying to convince us of. We need to embrace that truth and avoid error. This is allowing God's word to to teach us. Verses 4 and 5. In him was life. And the life was light, the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. And and the darkness has not overcome it. You know, there may be someone in your life who's walking down the path of darkness at the time. And you've been concerned about them. And, and you see them living in darkness. This is an opportunity to pray that God would show them his light in their life. That's one application. It may be that you're living in sin. And you've been living, hiding in the darkness. Now it's an opportunity to confess that sin. Say, God, I've been wrong. And I ask that you would forgive me. And confess that sin to him. So, a couple different applications in verses 4 and 5. Then in verses 6 through 8, we read about the the uh, the witness of John. And uh, that he came to bear witness of the light. Maybe, you know, for me, I wrote down, well, here's an example. Here's an example I need to follow. I mean, John was faithful. And uh, he shared with everyone who came across his, his path. Maybe there's someone in my life where I see him all the time, but I haven't bared, bared witness of who Jesus is in my life. And so John is an example for me to to follow. And maybe I need to put that on my to-do list for that day. Allow God's word to apply to my life, to change my heart, my life. Verses 9 through 12, um, we uh, see that Jesus is the light. And uh, here, here is... Um, and, and this is what he's done in our life, verse 12. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Maybe you just need to pause and say, thank you, Lord, for saving me. Showing me salvation. Um, and then... There was something else I wanted to point out here. Uh, and here, here's a truth about salvation that you could to you could write and record under uh, what is true, what the Bible says. 
How did this salvation come, come about? Verse 13. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. There is a tremendous truth there about how we are saved, friends. It's not a choice that you make. You came to salvation through the sovereignty of God. He chose you. Really, Pastor? Is that what it says? Really. Look at verse 13. It wasn't by your will, not the will of man, but of God. And we need to understand those things about salvation. Going back to verse 9. Um, the, John says, The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. And he was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. Jesus was rejected by man. Maybe you're a Christian, and you're going through circumstances where your family, they don't understand you. In fact, they may reject you, or you are, are, are experiencing persecution because of your faith in Christ. Well, what does that, what does that say there? You can, you can take some time and thank God, thank Jesus, that he understands what you're going through. Because he's been, he has been through it himself. There's something to be thankful for. Verse 13. I've already shared verse 13. So let's go on verse uh, 14. Again, here's another truth to remember. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father. Jesus is the word. Jesus was in the beginning with God and he was the word as we look at as see in John chapter 1 and this word this God the God the Bible says in verse 14 became flesh. And we as we look at the life of Jesus Christ we behold we see the glory of God. This is a truth to remember. There's a lot of religions out there today that say, well, Jesus was a good teacher and uh, he was a good man, but Jesus wasn't God. Scripture makes very clear that Jesus is God and he was the, with God in the beginning and the word became flesh. Verse 14 again, um, Jesus was full of grace and truth. I wrote down, is there an attitude I need to adjust? We need to be very careful about knowledge. You know, the first part of Space Pets has lots to do with with application to life. 
But if we're only reading the word to acquire more knowledge, that leads to spiritual pride. And we need to allow the word of God to change our hearts, to humble us. And when we look at the person of Jesus Christ, Jesus was full of grace and truth. And we have a tendency of being one or the other. We, we have a tendency of going one way or the other. And there needs to be a balance. Don't read God's word, Christian, just for more knowledge. It leads to spiritual pride, arrogance. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. We are to be people who love, people who show mercy, show grace. Verses 15 and 16. This falls under um, an example to follow. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. For from his fullness we have received grace upon grace. We need to be like Jesus. And then verses 15 and 16, we need to be like John too. Jesus was greater than John. John understood that. And so John saw himself as not even being worthy to untie Jesus' sandal. Uh, Jesus is full of humility. Again, another example that I need to follow. So here we see in these first 18 verses different applications that the word of God can speak to your life. And these are the things that spoke to me. You know, your circumstances are different. So as you read these things, God's word is going to speak to you differently. But my friends, we need to train ourselves to remain. And remaining is allowing the word of God to abide in our hearts. And so you, you don't have to leave here this morning and say, Wow, I don't get this book. If you're a child of God, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit resides in you. And the Holy Spirit is able to interpret these words to come alive in your heart. He is your teacher. And you can use this application process to draw truth for you personally. But if you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you don't have that helper. You don't have that dad in the video sitting down with the son and, and showing us them, let's do this together. God wants to give you that helper. And that comes by humbling yourself. Confessing that you're a sinner. Guess what? 
as you confess that you're a sinner, you are in great company here this morning. Because we are all sinners. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But God has provided a wonderful gift for your salvation in the person of Jesus. And if you will, by faith, say to him, I believe, Jesus, you paid the price for my sin. God will cover your sin by the blood of Jesus and give you the relationship that you don't have today and will give you a helper in the person of the Holy Spirit. And as you get alone with him and you use this very simple tool, God will speak to your heart. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you haven't left us alone. Thank you for your word. Jesus, you are the word. And this book is your love letter to us. How you want us to know you and to live our life for you and to be prepared for your coming again. Father, I pray that that each individual will take the opportunity to spend with you. You want to produce much fruit in our life. And God, we fall so far short. But may we choose to get along with you so that you can speak to us. Christian, is that your desire this morning? Let me encourage you to take the next step. Get alone with him, whether it be tonight or tomorrow morning before you start your day. Let his word speak to your heart. If you're here without Christ this morning, you don't have to leave here alone, separated from him. We'll have counselors in the dining hall that can share with you, show you how you can have a personal relationship with Jesus. As we sing this next song, let me invite you just to dismiss yourself from where you're, the row that you're in and see a counselor in the dining hall. If you need someone to pray with you this morning, they're there. Father, I thank you for this time of encountering you. Glorify yourself, Lord, as we lift up Jesus. In Christ's name we pray. Would you stand, please, as we sing this song?